All right, Jeremy, what do you have today? Malaria. What do you have? You have malaria. (laughs) I hope you're okay. I have reverse ATMs. I have the newest, freshest Hunter Biden narrative. And I have an entire summer of pride. Okay, people, let's begin. Get up, everybody! We have liftoff! Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus, and with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war is the only smart aleck you should be listening to. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one and only Rebel Pundit, Jeremy Siegel! Oh yeah, I'm letting this go on. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, please calm yourselves. Thank you. Jeremy? You Hello, should, Mr. Marcus. You know, Marcus. Jeremy, you should come in really fast after the end of that applause. You should be ready to, like, jump right into the conversation. Jeremy! Here, let's try that again. Let's I was it. ready to. I here, was ready gonna, to, I'm but I could tell you. you were going to say something first. Now, here, I'm going to give it to you. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Calm down, everybody. It's exciting, but calm down. Hello, everybody. <laughs> There's like a long delay. Is there must better? be a long satellite delay here. <laughs> no, not better. Well, too bad. <laughs> Did you notice we have the long version of the show of the intro again? Yes, much longer, much better. Right, not as rushed. I get everything in. How did you like the intro that I gave you? I like it. I like being known as a smart aleck. All right. Good. I'm glad you approved that time. <laughs> I, I don't know that we're going to keep smart aleck, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, executive producer Jill uh, sent me the long version of our song, of our intro music. She had a version available. And... Oh. Uh, as I was, you know, I, I, I had it on the line and I was, I was just so excited to have the long version again. And I noticed something interesting. I'm going to play something for you. USA. It's just in there. USA. No. USA. I noticed that. These sound drops all go very well with the song. Listen. It just isn't fair. It just isn't fair. That's enough. Settle down. Okay. All right. I just thought it was fun. I was very excited to have to have this back. And uh, I noticed that they all sounded very funny to me. They sounded funny to me when I was playing them over the track. That's all. You no, have I malaria can't use them again Jeremy? in the show. Well, I don't have malaria <laughs> because we want to ask people to story. share the show, and we don't want them to share your malaria. 
I have a story about malaria. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we then can ask people to share the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please share the show. Go rate the show. Go subscribe to the show. Leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. If you go to Apple Podcasts, it can be a little confusing. You have to scroll all the way down our show page to get to where you rate it and where you leave a comment. But please do. It seems like people are having trouble figuring it out. Are you hearing that from people? No, but I don't see any new comments the last three times we've asked. (laughs) So, we know there are more listeners out there. But uh, the problem is, I think people listen. I to guess podcasts. we'll take a. F- should we take a? Sh- we told people don't rate it unless they're going to rate a five. Should we ask for fours? Uh, th- we can ask for fours, but there aren't going to be any out there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone regards this podcast as a five. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that I think that people are listening in their cars. They're listening while they're doing things in their home. They're not listening right. while they're sitting at the they interface by which to read it. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's I guess one of yeah. the one of the downfalls it. of the system. I think we'll we'll we will again be able to bridge. I think this uh, interactive divide a little bit more when. We have an email system going, a, a regular email newsletter going, and people are signed up for it. Uh, it. It will, I think, increase the opportunity for that kind of interaction. You receive an email generally when you are near an interface where you might uh, have the ability to do something about it. So maybe that'll help. Uh What's your I, your malaria story? Is that like, are we talking top of the fold here, or do you want to go on? You want to do something else first? No, I don't know. It's a it's a good story. I don't think it's a I don't think it's top of the news though. Um What did you say you have? You have a story that I pulled uh also. I heard that one. You did you pull summer what? Of summer of Pride? Yeah. Yeah, that that poked its uh, head up and went viral. I went and found the long clip. Did you find that long clip? Oh, really? Clip? See, I didn't find that. Nope. I didn't mm. find the long clip, so Here. you got you. Well, let's you, you know what before we do the summer of pride, because now it's not it's not Pride Month anymore. It's the summer of pride, as declared by a government official, a U.S. government official in the executive branch. Um, so we can either do summer of pride first, or we can do. I have the brand new, freshest Hunter Biden narrative. That uh, you know, that seems like oh, I'll go that. That's yeah, top that of sounds the fold, good, right? Okay, that on. sounds. Yeah, what is it? I haven't heard it. So, uh, and there's a little bit of a build up to it. I'll, let me let me start with this. It's a Biden. This is a whole Biden theme. Okay, and you remember in the last episode we covered, or two episodes ago, we covered that. Uh, Secretary of State Blinken went to China with a very important mission. Mm-hmm. It was the first time he'd been there in three years. Any U.S. official had been there in three years. They've frosty relations. He was trying to go there and break the ice and and thaw relations. Is that a mixed metaphor? I think, but th- that's what he was doing there. And then I think it was within twenty four hours or forty eight hours, Biden did this. 
President Joe Biden referred to Xi Jinping as a dictator at an event on Tuesday, and Beijing's response is a furious one. On Wednesday, its foreign ministry listed what it called three serious offenses linked to the term's use, contradicting basic facts, violating China's political dignity, and political provoking. So what's Beijing's ire all about? It goes back a day earlier, when President Biden made the remark off-camera at a fundraiser in California. Speaking about the alleged Chinese spy balloon incident earlier this year, Biden uttered, quote, The reason why Xi Jinping got very upset in terms of when I shot that balloon down with two boxcars full of spy equipment in it is he didn't know it was there. He then described it as a great embarrassment for dictators. As a side note, this was the first time Biden publicly disclosed details of the balloon incident. The contents of the craft were previously classified. Just as a side note, Biden divulged classified information at a fundraiser. I, nobody seems to care about that. If Trump had done that, that would be well, treason. He disclosed. It's just a slip. It's just a. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, that report came from China. Get, What's that? You can't throw him in prison for just making a mistake like that. Well, in truth, he's the president. He can tell anybody whatever he wants. That's he has the ultimate authority. So, in fact, it's fine. Uh, it's only a problem when maybe that's Trump the setup. It. Maybe that's the plan. They want you now. They're going to use that. They're going to set up a new precedent. Oh well, that's what they've been doing. They've been setting up precedent that the president isn't the pres- president. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, anyway, that was they've China been setting in focus. Up, <laughs> China in focus. Wait, no, let's get precedent. in focus. <laughs> China in focus, uh, which is, I believe, an NTD uh, operation. I think they are out of Hong Kong, anti-communist, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, wait, who's the precedent? What's the precedent? You saying precedent or president? I'm confused. They've been setting a precedent that the president is not the president. Well, we've been getting that. There was the whole mask conspiracy. Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, no, but it's like, well, more, you know, just more that with the whole fraudulent, you know, election coup and things oh, like that. And Trump knowing is that the it's a shadow government. President. Okay. Not that Trump is the actual president, but that the president, you know, they're they're they are I feel so doing these things right like <laughs> no, that they're like they're going after Trump on the documents, all these things that he allegedly has the right to do as president, and now Biden also they did the same thing with with him, except his was a different case. But now what you're saying is or what I just said, was that they're making it a crime. What isn't a crime? You just said what he did was divulge classified information. Right. It, in jest. That's what I'm, I'm using the line that the media uses against Trump and any Republican, is that that would be the divulging of classified information when, in matter of fact, the president can talk to anybody he wants about any of this. He has the ultimate authority right. to, to clear this information, So, and he doesn't need to go through any formal procedure to do it. He's the president. So 
Uh, you're right. right. The people should not fall for that if that's the case. Let's listen to how the media is responding to that because this is kind of funny. Maybe and you can give me your insight on what you think this means. What's up before that? This is from CBS. Uh, yeah, CBS News. What's up before I let you go? Yeah. I gotta ask you about President Biden at a fundraiser. She's like so reluctant. She rolls her eyes like, gotta ask you about this. She's talking to the White House uh, correspondent for CBS. What's up before I let you go? Yeah. I gotta ask you about President Biden at a fundraiser yesterday. Uh, these politicians always sort of get caught talking at fundraisers. I don't know if they don't get it yet that, you know, the words that they say at these fundraisers are probably going to get out, even if it's a private fundraiser. Okay, so I didn't know quite what to make of that. I'm trying to interpret her rolling of her eyes. She literally rolled her eyes. I gotta ask you about this. I can't tell if they're actually reluctant to cover it or if they're enjoying it. <laughs> and let me play one more clip for you that may reinforce the enjoying it. Uh, this is Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. Diplomatic flare-up is breaking out between the White House and China. Just one day after Secretary of State Blinken's... His- Did you hear that? She, yeah. la- she laughs. <laughs> she laughs. She said, just one day. Just one day. Diplomatic flare-up is breaking out between the White House and China. Just one day after Secretary of State Blinken's historic fence-mending meeting with China's President Xi Jinping. President Biden has created a furor in Beijing today over that off-the-cuff remark. The off-the-cuff remarks were at an off-camera political fundraiser in California, one of four he did last night. Last night, And Biden called Xi a dictator. What did she say? Out of what he did last night? Hold on. Did last night. Last night. And Biden called G. I, I'm sorry. Hold on. I got to go back a tiny bit further. The off-the-cuff remarks were at an off-camera political fundraiser in California, one of four he did last night. Oh, one of four he did last week. She got. She speaks just like he does. <laughs> Not very. It clearly. sounded like she said last neat. <laughs> A political fundraiser in California. One of four he did last night. <laughs> Last, last, she combined last night and last week. That's what that is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Last night. And Biden called Xi a dictator and suggested the Chinese leader was embarrassed because he did not know in advance that the Chinese spy balloon was flying over the U.S. last winter before it was shot down. See, I think this is fake. I think this is all fake. I think they're trying to create right. the impression yeah. that, that Biden, Biden is somehow is standing up to China, doesn't care about yeah. offending China. Yeah, total, total fake. I agree. And here's Andrea Mitchell again, and I think essentially making excuses for Biden. And Mike, let's let's pull back the curtain a little bit and explain how these fundraisers work, because uh, one person can go in a, a pooler to take notes, one or another, but no cameras, no audio that we can play, and they have a transcript of it. And he's speaking. It's the West Coast. It's late at night. He's done four of these, plus that meeting on artificial intelligence earlier in the day. So he's had a very busy schedule. And this is how he, Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton at these events sometimes say things. Clinton with deplorables. Obama talked about guns out there in San Francisco. Get themselves in trouble because they become more relaxed when you don't see a camera platform and you're surrounded by donors who want to hear the inside stuff and you kind of get too casual, right? I mean, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> at a fundraiser, there's no cameras around. 
It ha- all past presidents have this I happen. Would, I, here's what I would put forth. Those things that Obama said about guns or that Hillary said deplorable, those things were meant to be heard. They said it yes. at a off-camera fundraiser in an off-the-cuff comment so that it could be reported as such yes to ensure that it goes out and is heard loud and clear and this is the exact same thing yep i agree i agree now here you know (laughs) joe is not if that's calculated it isn't i don't think it was joe that calculated to do that because Joe is having... Here's Joe with the Prime Minister of India, Prime Minister Modi. They're, they're at the White House at, uh, at the, you know, at, at, at uh, some joint meeting. I was just thinking... Uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there, I think they're at like the the same table where they do the cabinet meetings. So they're in this like that that office that room. I don't know what room that is. It's a nice looking room. Uh, I'll play it one more time. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. I was just thinking. Uh, uh, the- okay, so he he forgot who he was thanking. He forgot who he was just talking to. He goes to look down at the paper. And either the name's not there or he can't figure out the name he's supposed to say. I was just thinking, uh, 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 anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets. Okay, does he say I sold a lot of state secrets or I was told a lot of state secrets? Without you. Or did he say he stole a lot of state (laughs) secrets? Okay, all right. And I sold a lot of state secrets. Oh, you might be right. <laughs> and I sold a lot of state secrets and a, a lot of very important lot of state secrets. Shared. So I saw this headline. What, ha- I don't, what What is going on there? I didn't look into the story. I, I have but no I idea. I just saw this clip come across and I was <laughs> floored. Even <laughs> yeah, there, the, there was a, on Twitter, there was a community note underneath it and it, it was trying to add extra context that he was making a joke while, you know, making these uh, introductory comments at this event. That was what I when I when I saw the headline, I saw it on Gateway Pundit. Um he was on it right away, I think, where it just you know, uh Biden tells Modi or whatever from India that he stole a lot of state secrets. Or sold sold, sold a lot of state secrets. And I was like, Oh, he must be he's gotta be joking. Right, but, but what a thing to joke about while you're indicting your political <laughs> competitor for well, allegedly and, stealing and while you're, state, state secrets. Right, and while you're being investigated for, you know, what you're what he's being investigated for, which is, you know, working for a foreign government, basically. Right. <laughs> um, right. But that's exactly that's exactly what he would do. 
you know, it's just, it's just, he does this kind of thing all the time, calling uh, Kamala President Harris, and it's things to get people to talk. It's like, it's real. I think it's really just like an in your face. Like, yeah, I just admitted it. You think he's that in control? He can't remember yeah, who totally. he just spoke to, Jeremy. Yeah, I think that's all fake. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. When I look at this clip, that's the man, that is the amnesia of somebody who does not have their faculties. And he walks okay, like but somebody I, who doesn't have their faculties. He's not very much in control of any okay, of what is going on. Okay, but I still think... Okay, maybe so, but I still think making a joke like that is that he he is rubbing your face in it. Oh, he's uh, so that, does not true. care. He's so sure he's not going to pay any price for any crime he's ever committed. Is he wrong? And he's rubbing your face in it. Is he wrong? No, he's right. He's right. No. He's absolutely right. right. That's why he's and that's why you could make a joke like that. Yeah, I well, you're right that that he definitely feels fine making a joke like that. That's he intended to make a joke like that. If you're being that's if you're being charitable. Let's be less charitable. He actually stole state secrets, the state secrets and sold state secrets. And No, uh, that's and it what I'm out. saying. It slipped out. No, but that but no, that's what I'm saying is is that he did do it. I know. He knows he did it. I'm yes, you and I are in agreement and, on that. And and that's why he's making the joke. Uh so the question that people are now asking is, is the press corps turning against Biden? And I have to... No. Uh, well, here, listen to this. Listen to this in the press room, because I'm calling this uh, invasion of the White House press corps body snatchers, because suddenly all of these lapdogs have been replaced. They look the same, but they've been replaced by people who are pretending to be reporters. The president invited his son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking. And-, and that was rubbing it, by the way. That was rubbing it in people's faces, the fact that Hunter was at this Modi event and that uh, uh, that the uh, that Attorney General Merrick Garland was also at the event, just you know, shortly after they signed a plea agreement. Well, he's probably doing a deal with Modi. He's probably got some kind of deal working on there. Yes. That's why he's there. No question. <laughs> That's what's going on there. Business. The president invited his son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision making of why uh, the president decided to invite I, his son. I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get well, into it. Let me it. ask you this. If, if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, a, cu- a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a, he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. Can I follow up on that? Okay. No, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? I mean, not a reasonable question to ask no. with the President of the United States who's involved, as this message seems to suggest, 
in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son? Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the <laughs> White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I just, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attacks? Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answered the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Just about your statements from that podium, you've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Oh, Go ahead. The president Go ahead. was there two days ago. Go ahead, prior. Stephen. I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. Now, you said you do not think that they are turning against Biden. No. I agree. But I do think they've turned against KJP. Isn't that, is, there, is that how you, is that her, isn't that Karine Jean-Pierre? It sounds yeah, like they've turned against the White House press secretary. Is who they're, that's who they're attacking. You sounds said like, from the podium, you said this. They're not calling the president a liar. They're calling her a liar. They're attacking her. Well, they're just helping facilitate her transition into the NBC newsroom. Absolutely. They are attacking her. They don't like her for some reason. Oh, I don't think that's it. I think it's just so a transition. So, hold on a second. You're career. listening to this. You're listening to this. And you don't think that this is an attack on either Biden or her? These are some rough questions, man. I think it's all scripted. All of it. Okay, but what's the purpose then? If it's not an attack on her and it's not an attack on him and it's all scripted, tell us what's happening. Well, she just might be getting a different job. So they're doing all of this for her to get a different job? I don't think she'd be yeah. along on the script for this. She doesn't look like she's along on the script for this. She didn't, well, get, to read the, she didn't get to read the sides. Doesn't it help provide uh, or restore credibility to this press? Right, if they I, go after her? Y yes. It's, they are bolstering themselves. As though they are somehow credible media, right? But they won't keep it up. I mean, they're not gonna. They're not gonna continue doing this unless no, it, unless they are doing. Unless I, I, I think there is. Uh, let me. I know I agreed with you earlier, but let me let me add an asterisk if I could. What if this is the beginning of them actually taking taking Biden down? And well, it wouldn't be the beginning. It's kind of in the middle then. If that if there is a real case to take Biden down, it's been an operation that's been going on because we've been saying that for okay, a while. Okay, so this is the public face of it because the mainstream media in the White House press corps, that's the public face of 
any of these narratives. Mm-hmm. Their public face is, uh, seems to be seems to be turning aggressive towards the White House. I just don't. I just don't think they're going to take Biden out. I, I, I get it, but I think you're not giving a very good explanation for why they're using this moment in this way to bolster themselves as legitimate journalists. Because that's only half the equation. That's what they're getting out of it. Well, what do you think is happening? I guess I don't know. I, I think I, I, I'm leaning much more towards it's an attack on her. And not him. And not him. Why do they want to take her out? And not him. Well, maybe they know she's on her way out, and so they can do this now. Well, isn't that what I just said? <laughs> no, you said it's it was a job transition. <laughs> yeah, yes, but I thought that the way you were saying it was more like that. Naturally, she'd be in on this, and I don't think that she is. I don't think, like I said, I don't think she was read in on the script. Yeah, maybe not. That or it's getting so bad that these reporters know they've got to start doing something or the history is going to record that they were idiots, which they will anyway. Anyway, that leads us to the brand new Hunter Biden narrative. Because now they seem to be inundated and some people are coming to the rescue, attempting to. They're changing the narrative. Here it is. It's Claire McCaskill and Anna Navarro on two different uh, segments. Everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. He loves his son. Back off. It is okay for him to love his son. And there's nothing wrong with it. They have no evidence of any kind of wrongdoing by Joe Biden. And it infuriates me that they're using this heartbreak against Joe Biden in this way. It's just not right. Yeah. Well, Claire, there might be something wrong with the way Joe Biden loves his children, but uh, I don't know if this is going to fly. It seemed manufactured, and I went out looking, and sure enough, I found a second one. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. He's a father first. This is just about <laughs> Joe's love for his son, his flawed son. And he's never going to give his give up on his son. He's never going to turn his back on his crack-smoking, felonious, uh, money-laundering, uh, influence-peddling son. Only a monster would do that, Jeremy. And Joe Biden is no monster. So that's the new narrative. Joe Biden is not guilty uh, of anything except loving his son. That's why he did it. That's why he helped him commit treason. It was just support. Would you rather... Who would say no? Who would say no to their son? Would you rather have what would if you rather son, have? What would you rather have? An influence peddling son or a dead son? Because he would have been yeah, so if depressed were, if he couldn't influence peddle and he would have killed himself. Like trans well, kids. Well, what would you do if you were vice president? If you were the vice president and your son was out 
smoking crack and working deals with Ukrainians and Chinese and secret bio labs and breaking all kinds of laws and committing crimes against your country and using your position to make millions of dollars. What would you do to your son? Which one of my sons are we talking about? <laughs> the <laughs> oldest. I'm talking about the oldest, your ah, first the born son. Um I would just have to ask him if, you know, I would advise him, you know, against that. I'd, I'd suggest he gets help and ask him how I can be supportive and let him know that he'll always have me to turn to for help, however he needs it. But it's going to cost 10%. <laughs> There's, I have over, my love has overhead. See? You guys, you're, you're, so Joe Biden is doing exactly what you would do. Did exactly what you would do in you're the right. same situation. I shouldn't judge him. You're right. Uh, he's just very proud of his son. He has an entire summer of pride for his son. You like how he did summer that? Summer <laughs> of pride. Right? That was good, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, the summer of pride. You saw this clip. It, it started going viral. Where did you come across it? I just saw it. I just saw it a little while ago. Uh, I think I saw it on maybe on Drudge Report. Uh, I, you know, I had a pride. I had a pride report that I was brewing and it dropped itself right in the middle of my pride report. Uh, but my pride report's going to start with, this was on Twitter, at Scott Lobedo, who also has a very viral video that just went out today, where, I don't know if you saw the story of, uh, in New York, the Mayor Adams has basically banned, or is banning, gas and wood fire stoves in restaurants. Uh, I, I don't know if it's specific to pizza parlors, but it's really going to affect pizza parlors new york style pizza is all done in these in these gas ovens and now the mayor's demanding that they all make i, I, I guess go to electric to cut 75 percent of carbon emissions in new york they've got that under control and so this guy scott labeto went down to i guess went to the mayor's residence or to city hall and started throwing slices of pizza over the fence and got arrested <laughs> he said it was the he said you've heard of the boston tea party this is the new york uh pizza party uh i didn't clip, <laughs> i didn't clip that i happened to clip this guy uh earlier a few a couple days ago because he posted this so my sister-in-law texted me this picture she took today a couple hours ago when she was in barnes and nobles with her grandson who's my great nephew who's the coolest little boy you ever met he's about three years old she's looking for a little book for him at the age of three and she comes across this front and center the gay bcs yeah that's right amongst all these other children's books now i don't care if you're my best friend family member business associate a gay acquaintance or friend of mine i don't give a you're a if you think that it is okay to embed sexual content into a three-year-old's head when the kid's still in his pants. Listen to me. You are the reason that this society is going down. Yeah, he's not happy about that. And how could he be happy about that? The gay BCs for a, for a child's book. 
You know, look, if you, what if you're a, 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 a gay couple and you've adopted and you have a child and you want a way to sort of explain to the child that they have two parents of the same sex? Is the book maybe reasonable for that? No. Well, you wouldn't have them because adapting that's wrong to be, too. You wouldn't have them adopting to begin with, but but right. But let that's me. But what do you, okay, but wrong. let's. Okay, I get your. I get your judgment of it, but you have the reality that it has happened, and you have the reality that you have these children in this situation. What do you tell them? I I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Neither I, do I. I don't I. know what you have. <laughs> I mean, it it shouldn't be occurring. Yeah, but that doesn't answer the question. Um, the uh, but and I don't know the answer to it either. I, I don't expect you, frankly, to know the answer to it. It's a, it's it's way too messed up. The uh, uh, I know you saw this. This was is the highlight of Pride Month so far. This was from the New York City Pride Parade. So they seem to have two chants going on there. Could you make that out? Did you had you heard this clip? It sounded like they were saying we're queer, we're here, and we're coming for your children. That is the first one, and then uh, other people started chanting, "We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping." I, I so I guess they're boycotting. Yeah, they're boycott, boycotting like Target and other companies that have oh, okay. that have backtracked on the indoctrination. Um, yeah, but the, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. But I thought they weren't coming for our children. Oh, no, they seem to be coming for your children. So there is the possibility that they are saying that ironically, the same way that Trump supporters began holding up the OK sign when everybody started saying that that was racist. And people started doing it in photographs as a way of, you know, giving the middle finger to people who, you know, were trying to say that that was racist. Mm, I don't think so. It could be trolling. It could be trolling. I think it's... I don't think so. I I, I think that uh, either way, it has the same damaging effect. So congratulations. It doesn't matter if it's trolling or not. Uh, even if you yeah, think, uh, could you imagine this? What if it was somebody who's not part of LGBTQ? It could be an LB that got them to follow could got along them with to the do team. that. That's exactly right. Very subversive. I think that's I don't possible. think so. Oh, I think it's possible. Keep hope alive, Jeremy. That's possible. Um, but that does bring us to. Because apparently a month of this is not enough. A month of the gay BCs and a month of we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. We're going to have an entire summer of pride. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. You've seen you've seen this person, right? Yeah, Ad- this Admiral dude Levine. that uh, right, this dude that's in the military dresses like a woman. Yes. 
is is in charge of is the assistant secretary for health. <laughs> now, Jeremy, having seen this person, it's not just this is an unhealthy person physically. He looks unhealthy, and it, to me, here's how I've decided to try and approach this. I'm going to describe people based on my lived experience. My lived experience is that this is a man trying to pass as a woman, trying to live as a woman. That's just my lived experience. And this man does not look healthy. He's he's very overweight. He does not look like he takes any kind of health seriously. Uh, and in my opinion... It doesn't seem mentally terribly, uh, seems to be living a fantasy. Let me just put it that way, which doesn't seem healthy to me. Uh, to me, it's like having, when Ch you know, when China serves on the UN well, Committee for Human Rights or Iran is like on some anti-Semitism, UN anti-Semitism task force. That's what this is like. If you were going to have somebody like this, wouldn't you at least have somebody who's physically fit? Nah. It's the Secretary of Health. I'm just saying, I just it doesn't... Because the, uh, the point is not to influence. The point is to attack. And... Right, they're rubbing it in our face by doing that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So... Well, here's more, more of... Uh, Admiral Levine. ...for health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy Summer of Pride. It's so important to have pride as a celebration for our LGBTQI plus community and to recognize how far we have come, but also how much work we have left to do. What do you suppose... <laughs> what work do you suppose they have left to do? Mm. Pets. <laughs> they have to transition dogs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, they're Luther. I don't know. Watch out, Luther. These. <laughs> well, and he talks about that. Well, you didn't play the whole thing yet. Right? No, I haven't. There's more. The yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I am so excited to be here with Ryan Casada uh, to talk about pride, about our community. And so first, let's, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, Ryan, and, and all the fantastic work that you're doing. Great. Thank you, Admiral Levine. Uh, my name is Ryan Casada. I use he, him pronouns, and I like to share my pronouns first before I start any conversation. And I am a singer. And again, I'm just going to give my lived experience here watching this clip. My lived experience is is that this is a woman uh, 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 attempting to live as a man. That's just my lived experience. No, that's I'll leave it right there. Start any conversation. And I am a singer-songwriter and a transgender activist. I play a lot of protest songs to help the transgender liberation movement. And I started my activism when I was 13 years old after getting bullied uh, pretty severely in middle school when I first came out. 
And from there on, I joined the Safe Schools team through the LGBT network on Long Island, where I grew up. And that is where I learned to uh, publicly speak and also learned the education that I needed to be able to go into schools and conferences to carry the message. So the trans liberation language jumped out at me because that's the same as black liberation theology. It's a Marxist movement. And that's the tell that this is a, that the trans liberation movement is a Marxist movement. It's one of the tells. And I, I, I don't know anything about the safe schools team, but clearly that's where this person went, where Ryan went to be indoctrinated at 13 Um, and it gets worse from there. It, uh, they then go headlong into, because uh, the whole reason for, uh, for, uh, Ryan Casada to be there in the first place is to talk about the experience of trans youth. What are your thoughts about the importance of gender affirming care for trans youth in our community? I would say that it is, it's life-saving care. It's not just affirming, it's life-saving. I'm, I'm 29 years old now, and when I was 14 years old, I knew that I needed top surgery in order to continue living. Now, how do you think a 14-year-old gets that in their head? They were just born that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just occurs to them naturally one day, I need top surgery. That's the only way I'm going to be happy. Give me a break. Top surgery in order to continue living, really. Um, I was extremely depressed. My mental health was uh, suffering extreme. And, and, and I'll just point out, that's really that's a big part of what you have here. The mental health profession has failed these people. And so, because they, they literally have, have uh, no ability to treat people's depression, treat their anxiety... Uh, treat all the different ailments that our modern society produces in abundance. They normalize the disorder, which was what, uh, again, I forgot his name, <laughs> the, uh, the inventor of email, uh, Dr. Shiva. You know, that's oh, what he yeah. was saying. They normalize the disorder. And mm-hmm. that is what has happened here. Because their system has failed to treat people they normalize the disorder. I knew that I needed top surgery in order to continue living, really. Um, I was extremely depressed. My mental health was uh, suffering extreme. And I had to wait until I was 18 to get my surgery. And I, I was still a teenager when I got my, my top surgery, which is, is now a very long time ago. And I have not had one single regret I bet she didn't have to wait until she was 18 to start getting hormone therapies. I, I wonder know. what would have happened to her mental health if somebody took her by the shoulders and started shaking her, saying, get this out of your head. Well, I don't think that would okay? have helped either. This isn't not sure normal. That, I don't think that you're, would have worked either. You're not, you're not a man. You should try that. <laughs> you should hang a shingle and try that. <laughs> Okay, what if somebody took her and politely c- 
counseled her. <laughs> that now we're on course and, <laughs> and said, "Listen, <laughs> listen. All you need is you time. Are, you need time. Give it some time. This is not. You're not thinking about this the right way. You're confused about things. How about it's, you? Also need to on. get get her out of the cult that she's a part of. It's this is yeah. no different than." You know, any of those old movies from the 70s where they were, you know, uh, it was about uh, kidnapping people out of the cult and putting them, locking them in a room for 48 hours uh, so that they can get their heads back in the right frame of mind and be deprogrammed from the cult that they were in. It's This is the same thing. I think you'd have to do the same thing. At this point, you would need a massive intervention with somebody like this. The key is to not corrupt them at 13 years old. You know, this person... She looks like she may be on the spectrum a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, Aspergery. You know, I can't, you know, I have, I'm certainly not diagnosing her, but uh, she seems a little bit awkward. She's gay, and this is what the system does to somebody like this. They meet, they want top surgery. They want to mutilate themselves. It's not this isn't something new though. I mean there the like there for throughout history there's been a thing with eunuchs, you know, with men having their, you know, private parts removed. Wasn't that in servitude so, to like some master though? Like wasn't that it wasn't a psychological but it wasn't a psychological thing. And I have a theory here, Jeremy, as to what's really going on. My theory on the what they're doing with young people is that this is a fetish that the Admiral Levines and other creeps have. They want young boys and girls on puberty blockers. It extends their pedophile period. It extends their desirability for a pedophile, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. Convincing these what? people to do this to themselves has got to, I bet you, it gives them some sort of gratification that they're able to do this on an industrial scale. This is a fetish that we are witnessing. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I think it was the same thing with the Unix going all the way back. No, I don't um, know enough about the Unix to know. Hold on, there's a little bit more of this. And I, I know statistically speaking that the uh, regret rate for gender-affirming surgery is about 1%, and that is that significantly from. lower than the regret rate for general surgery, like a knee replacement. <laughs> and that... I know people who've had knee replacement surgery. I've actually never met anybody who said, I really wish I hadn't had my knee repaired. I yeah, wish right. I wish I didn't have my knees anymore. Although that actually would be a similar uh, dysfunction to somebody who thinks that they don't they shouldn't have their breasts anymore. That is that is something that needs to be part of the conversation because the regret rate is so so low. And much of this gender affirming care is being being done by our outstanding children's hospitals throughout the country. Yeah. 
so you're talking about the mental health yeah. of trans youth and the and trans adults and mental health for our community. We know that the youth, uh, uh, LGBTQI plus youth and trans youth, have higher rates of depression and anxiety. But it's really important to emphasize that there's nothing inherent with being on the rainbow that would predispose someone to those mental health challenges. It is the bullying that you're talking about, the harassment, the discrimination that the youth and adults face, which leads to those mental health challenges. Yeah, that's an unhinged statement. Because regardless of your gender or sexuality, the transition to maturity from childhood is so anxiety fraught for so many people, for so many reasons. They just, he he sits there and exempts LGBT people, those living on the, what do you say, living, living on the rainbow, as exempt from the intellectual, emotional, mental challenges of going through puberty, which everybody faces. He's just cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Do I have my cuckoo clock? Where's my cuckoo clock? Yeah. It's cuckoo. Vivek Ramaswamy, he gets it. We need to end this mental health epidemic, not just with anger. I'm not angry at trans people. I'm not. I'm frustrated with the culture that venerates a mental health illness that we should be treating instead of actually throwing kerosene on and fueling to spread like wildfire across this country. I know you're not supposed to say many of those things out loud, but I just think it's important that we speak truth because that's got to be the first step towards getting to a solution. And that's what I'm hoping to deliver. Yep, I think that's about right. This is a uh, ad- admiral of the United States Public Health Service Commissioned Corps, or corpse, as Obama would say, <laughs> is a federal uniformed service of the U.S. Public Health Service and one of eight uniformed services of the United States. I kind of want to know, like, wh- why why doesn't so it's not it says it's they're non-combatants, but unless directed to serve as part of the military by the president or detailed to a service branch of the military, but m- they wear uniforms modeled after the United States Navy and Coast Guard and hold naval ranks equivalent to officers of the Navy and Coast Guard. I got to ask, like, why, why are people still serving in the military when things like this are going on? Oh, and that's why I think recruitment is way down. The very people, and, you know, maybe that's also a part of what all of this is, is to demoralize people out of supporting the nation. Because the very people who are generally motivated to join the military and defend our nation, defend our Constitution, are the very people who find all of this repugnant and insane. So perhaps that's a, maybe that's a main motivator of what they're doing. Yeah, I've thought of that, too. I've, they're demoralizing I mean, I, I the think- nation. 
but I, th- I mean, I think at some point, like if you're in the military still and you don't approve of this type of perversion and lunacy, this is really, really devastating stuff. Um, how do you not walk? I mean, how, well, do you, can you, how do you keep you, serving? I didn't think the military work, walk, uh, worked that way. I didn't know you could just walk away. You can resign? I think if you're enlisted, you can. I didn't know that it worked that way. I thought you were in for your term, and that's it. And Maybe. If you, if you left it, your AWOL. Well, go AWOL. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see that happening. Are there any military people out there who are listening to the program? Please write us at truth at truthbait.com and uh, tell us what you think about how morale is being affected inside the ranks with all of this. Maybe they, maybe they don't even, they're not catching any of this. Maybe they're not targeted with any of this. Maybe this is just targeted at all of us. And when you're in the military, you don't even encounter it really. That's possible. I don't know. So that wraps up our uh, summer of Pride Month (laughs) celebration. And let me end it with a song. Each person is fancy in his or her own way. Some are fancy on the outside. Some are fancy on the inside. Yes, sir. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine, your body's fancy, and so is mine. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine, your body's fancy. And so is my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we've arrived at that time in the program, that fancy time in the program. Where we tell you how we do things here. You may have noticed we don't have any corporate sponsors. No corporations want to sponsor the Our Summer of Pride segment, believe it or not. (laughs) Hard to get Target to sponsor it. We can't even get Chick-fil-A to sponsor that. No, we like to bring you the truth here at the Truth Bait Podcast. We give you the true take, and that means we can't have corporate sponsorship. We have citizen sponsorship. Jeremy, do you want to tell people today how citizen sponsorship works? Citizen sponsorship works by participating in the show by sharing the show, emailing your thoughts and comments and stories into the show. Specifically, you could become a producer of the show by sending us stories, which some of you have been doing. And uh, it's very helpful to us when we get those stories from you because you guys find things that are very interesting and worth talking about or reviewing that we have not found or maybe have forgotten about. Uh, writing to us is great. It's a great way to participate in the conversation, keep a conversation going. Uh, 
we have had a little bit of an ongoing debate with one listener, Jeff from Elkhorn, who uh, has has disagreed with our coverage of uh, Empty Green. That's Marjorie Green, right? And we've talked about that before, right? From Georgia, did we? Talk, yeah, we, we we yeah we have, and 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 he we we have put forth quite a few uh, segments explaining why we think she's all talk and pretty much a fraud. Um, and Jeff from Elkhorn has written in to tell us that he thinks we're wrong. I mean, he said he said flat out we're wrong but he didn't really provide anything and then By the last way, week i can i just interject i hope we are i hope we're wrong about right. her I sure would be, i'd yeah. be thrilled to be wrong about her right yeah that'd be great um and last week jeff wrote in a kind of a cryptic message uh did you did you see that message he wrote i did I did, and I was worried that we dropped the ball somewhere. And I don't, I don't know if we have. What is it? What do they call it on No Agenda? They call it Man Overboard <laughs> when when somebody oh, when, when a listener uh, gets uh, uh, angry with you and, and stops listening. Um, I hope it hasn't come to that, and I hope that we didn't <laughs> didn't drop the ball. I don't know where we dropped the ball though. It seems like we might have. No, but Jeff wrote in a cryptic message last week. Um, basically, he said, keep your eyes on oh, that Empty message. Green Sorry. next week. And yeah. That was all he said. What, say it again, because I stepped on it. I didn't realize what message you he were said, talking about. He said something like, I can't find the message, but he said something. All, all it was was, a, was one like half sentence, like, keep your eyes on empty green or he might have said mtg but i'm calling her empty green uh mtg next week which would be this week that's all he said so i don't know what sort of inside information jeff from alcorn has uh, we did i i did come up with a a, a thought that he might be on mccarthy's payroll since he likes mtg so much but in all uh you know this is what he 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 said keep your eyes open maybe he's got some inside information i guess we'll see what it is okay i don't know we did drop the ball then <laughs> we did i thought you were talking about the message that he sent today and this is, and from this message that he sent today, I thought, did we drop the ball? And it, 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 I had seen the message you just read, and uh, we didn't, we didn't say anything about it, and we should have, because keep an eye on her next week. It was timely, it was relevant to what we were doing, and it was timely. I mean, now we're saying it, and it's this week. Uh, so it's, we're a little bit late on it. Well, he, this is the week. <laughs> right, okay. This so is the week he's talking maybe about. Maybe we're getting in just under the wire. We're, we didn't give any warning. Okay, but, well, so he wrote us today. He said, he said, am I on the persona non grata list? And I would just say, no, you are definitely not. 
None of our producers are. Uh, and I just want to take the reason I read, read that is because I want to take the opportunity to say there are a bunch of people who have written in a lot of emails with a lot of amazing comments and a lot of amazing content. And there's no way we can get to all of it. Uh, and I know that there are things that we have not gotten to. Um some things that we have put off for weeks and we eventually do get to. And this is where I'm saying, like, usually I try to I, I try to be conscientious of the things that will have a shelf life and that we can uh, push off if we need to and then get to it eventually. Uh, but this would have been something that did not have a shelf life uh, and might have been good to have uh, on a more in a more timely manner. Uh, but I think Jeremy disagrees. He thinks right now is timely. Is that correct? Am I speaking for you? Yeah, I want to see what happens. Well, I want to see what happens. I was <laughs> yeah, kind of waiting. What is she going to do? What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. That's all we got from yeah. Jeff is yeah, watch was, MTG yeah, Keep an eye on her week. next week. Keep an eye on her next week. That's keep an eye on her next week. So we'll see... And that came what in June does. 22nd, so that was five days ago. Yeah, yeah, last week. Yeah, this is the next week. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, so, Jeff, anyways, Jeff, we love you. Thank Please, you, Jeff. Yeah, don't don't go man overboard on us. We need you. We'll keep our eyes out. We will keep our eyes out. Believe me, and keep my eyes out. And the rest of you out there who uh, what happens. Nothing's going to happen. So the everyone else right. out there uh, who have who also is has not heard from us on something that, that they've sent us. You know, sometimes just send us a friendly reminder too. Sometimes like that helps. You know, we come across it's a river, an an inundating river of information that we have plugged into, and sometimes it is helpful to get a reminder. But for those of you out there uh, who are uh have so you've sent us something and we haven't gotten to it uh we love you and uh we hope to get to it soon uh you know so we can't get to everything that's just the don't let it be a reason to not send stuff because it's just you never know like we're we we're finding things to talk about we've already gone through and prepped stuff for the show and then sometimes somebody sends something we don't have time, you know, to, to fit it in or get to it or, you know, something like that happens. Um, it doesn't mean uh, that you should stop or use that as a reason to not send stories. We get stories all the time. We got a good story today or from or today or yesterday from Al in Joliet. Did you see Al's uh, story? And this was something... I saw it came across. I have not had a chance to look at it yet because I was already up to my eyeballs in content. Al's story was, uh, it was a print story at Real Clear Politics, but Did he send it video. to truth at truthbait.com? He did. He sent it to truth at truthbait.com, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a, and it's a, it's an old monologue of Tucker at Fox from January, but I do think it was interesting and worth reviewing. And I clipped it. Um, it's about Nixon. I, you know what, before CIA. you play it, let me just, can I just please chime in and say, well, this is another example. Cause I think we're technically, we're still in the, in the ask block here. 
and you're about to get a a a, a listener producer segment right in the middle of the ask block that is right. that is what this show is about this is we are building a community you are the producers and Jeremy I'll just say when you're done with this I've got one too from a producer good okay all right now so, I'll, leave, I'll leave you to it so you know Al who is listening to every show he's sending stories in wants you to hear this Joe Biden alone is responsible for this crime. He alone took home classified documents. He didn't have help in doing that. But allowing the country to be invaded, that's not something you can do by yourself. So if Biden were to be taken down for opening the southern border, a lot of other people would go with them. He had a lot of accomplices. Permanent Washington doesn't want that. And ultimately, and here's the point, permanent Washington is in charge. It's not the democracy you imagine. We're seeing that now. So if you want to understand, if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. Wait a minute, you may ask, why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? <laughs> no, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was reelected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Less than two years later, he was gone. He was forced to resign. And in his place... Did you know he was that popular? I did not know he was that popular. Were you alive then? I was born in 70. I was not aware of any of it. So... It sounds a lot like Trump, kind of. You know, really popular, but somehow he keeps ending up being under attack. Anyways, there's more. An obedient servant of the federal agencies called Gerald Ford took over the White House. How did that happen? What's well, a long story, but here are the highlights, and they tell you a lot. Richard Nixon believed that elements in the federal bureaucracy were working to undermine the American system of government and had been doing that for a long time. He often said that. He was absolutely right. On June 23, 1972, Nixon met with the then CIA director, Richard Helms, at the White House. During the conversation, which thankfully was tape recorded, Nixon suggested he knew, quote, who shot John, meaning President John F. Kennedy. Nixon further implied that the CIA was directly involved in Kennedy's assassination, which we now know it was. Helms's telling response, total silence. But for Nixon, it didn't matter because it was already over. Four days before, on June 19th, the Washington Post had published the first of many stories about a break-in at the Watergate office building. Unbeknownst to Nixon and unreported by the Washington Post, four of the five burglars worked for the CIA. The first of many dishonest Watergate stories was written by a 29-year-old Metro reporter called Bob Woodward. Who exactly was Bob Woodward? Well, he wasn't a journalist. Bob Woodward had no background whatsoever in the news business. 
Instead, Bob Woodward came directly from the classified areas of the federal government. Shortly before Watergate, Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. He yeah, I didn't know any of that Wood either. <laughs> Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. And somehow got injected into a newsroom and presented as a journalist. That sounds like Jack Posobiec. Not that I'm saying that Jack Posobiec is any sort of surreptitious character. I'm just saying. And I, it sounds kind of like one of Jack Posobiec's biggest promoters, Steve Bannon. Oh. Huh. Steve Bannon was na naval officer. You're right. Hmm. Well, I don't know what that means. With the stew on that. It's just interesting, you know, you start to hear about these, you know, where some of these people come from. Hmm. Huh. Four, four of them were CIA agents? Weren't there only five of them in the break-in? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of CIA agents. That's like January 6th. Look at this. Bannon was an officer in the United States Navy for seven years in the late 70s and 80s. He served on the destroyer USS Paul F. Foster as a surface warfare officer in the Pacific Fleet and afterwards as a special assistant to the chief of naval operations at the Pentagon. Ha! And ends up in a newsroom. <laughs> ends up in a newsroom and then ends up in Trump's White House. Wow. What is going on? Huh. <laughs> what is going on? Isn't that interesting? I'm just breaking it out now. <laughs> We're going to need a lot for this one. I don't know what it means. Oh. I'm just saying it's interesting. <laughs> that Isn't is very that interesting. interesting? I, I think we're going to have to, that's one of those factoids we're going to have to file away until it comes barreling back in some other moment. Right. Ringing true. Wow. Oh, I think we may so, want to pay attention to that, that part of the Pentagon. Or no, we don't. Yeah. We don't do that here at Truth Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Pentagon people. <laughs> we would never do that. Interesting. Uh, so thank you, Al. Uh, because Al, I don't know if that was... I don't think Al sent this... Al didn't say preface anything with the email. He just quoted some of the segment there. Um and the end of the quote he sent us was that Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. When I saw that, though, I was like, so is Bannon. Like, we're, we're in history repeating itself right now with the most popular president ever, it seems. Maybe he's not as popular as Nixon, but Trump is a pretty popular guy. And he's been ousted. There was a coup. I didn't realize that uh, this podcast was going to lead to us burning all of our bridges. <laughs> but it, I'm just saying, I don't, it, you know. You're, you're accusing Bannon of, I'm not. of being a, a Woodward-level spy. No. no, I'm accusing Bannon of being a naval officer at the Pentagon. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Mm. But... 
it it's interesting that is interesting yes thank you al uh mama bear bev in florida has also been in touch oh and i want to i want to play something for her and for everyone uh she sent me a communication and a link about something that trump said about jack smith the special prosecutor who is who indicted him and this jumped out at her and it is very interesting and I went and found a. I went. And, she sent a link to an article that quoted it, and then I went and found a clip of it. The clip comes from MSNBC. And we understand that former President Trump just attacked the special counsel, Jack Smith. Let's listen to that. The prosecutor in the case, Mike, gonna... I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. I wonder what his name used to be. Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. So she was saying, well, what is that about? What does he mean? What what, what did his name used to be? And I, I tried to find any other information about it, and I couldn't. I couldn't find anything. I found one article, actually, that seems to show... Let's see here. It it shows Jack Smith as a like in a yearbook as a young kid. Um. So, but why would Trump say that? Trump is usually very calculated. He's not. He doesn't speak totally out of control. People think he's out of control, but when, when you pay close attention, he's not. And we understand that former President Trump just attacked the special counsel, Jack Smith. Let's listen to that. The prosecutor in the case. Mike, I'm gonna... That little, I don't know why that voice pops in there. It sounds like it's a production error on NBC News's part, but. The prosecutor in the case. Mike, I'm gonna... I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. <laughs> I wonder what his name used to be. Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack. I wonder what his name used to be. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But well, there's a there's a yearbook picture of him. Yeah, I'm, I can't find it at the moment. I thought I had it, but I don't have it on me. I mean, I can find it, but I don't want it. It's going to take a minute. Well, I'm just so like, what's the I mean, what's the rub here? What? Well, she wants to know if there's something to it. Well, Was Jack Smith why somebody he else? Says I, w- I wonder what his name used to be. Yeah, because it's a, not his real name. Yes. And Bev is paying very close attention to what Trump is saying. I think that's an eagle ear. I don't know. It would seem that it is not because his name has actually been changed. So what is he alluding to? It seems very deliberate. And Trump is no Biden. He doesn't meander aimlessly and forget who he's been talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Bev. Keep your ears open. 
I have no idea what well, it's about. But you're our producer, and you uh, this was important enough to you to send in, and that makes it important enough for us. Well, I ask, I appeal to our active listeners to do some digging on the real identity of Jack Smith. Should we put out a bounty what, on the real what identity? Did his name, yeah, what did his name used to be? Jane? No. <laughs> hey, today? I don't think so. It's possible. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, uh, the the this is content that was derived as a result of our valuable producers contributing value to our podcast because they feel what we are doing brings value to them, and that is what the value for value model is all about, and that is how we continue to bring you the Truth Bait podcast every Tuesday and Friday, without fail, without fail. To the best of our ability, which may become hindered yes. in the coming days. You want to tell people why? Well, executive producer Anne, for those of you that don't know, is getting ready to have our sixth child. Are you getting ready for that? Yes. And therefore... Sometime in the next week or two, God willing, a child will be born, and I will likely have difficulty participating in the Truth Bait podcast. This is uh, a blessing waiting to happen, Jeremy. Congratulations to you. You're growing our audience. That's what you're doing. I'm, in, I'm extremely excited to have a new listener coming in. Another kid to run around saying, we have liftoff. <laughs> Coming in hot. Whenever something exciting happens. That is very exciting. Very exciting for all of you. Uh, please well, you know understand we if we, we do not make it no, for an episode no, or no. two. I think that we're going to have, let's, let's, do a, a, let's do a phone interview bedside, crib side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we will bring people something. It may be very abbreviated. It it may just be me telling you that we will be coming back to you next week. I don't. We'll we'll see. But maybe maybe I can get an interview with Jeremy and executive producer Anne while it's happening. Do you think that's possible? It's great no for the chance. podcast, Jeremy. It's great for the podcast. Yeah, not gonna happen. Think about it. By the way, I thought the weird—I always thought the weird thing about Jack Smith was that picture that's everywhere of him in like a Star Trek uniform. That was what when he was a part of like a European court. Is that what that was? Yeah, because I was like, like, why is this guy dressed up as a Star Trek lawyer on a on the Enterprise or like Klaus Schwab when he's not wearing a suit? Right, right. He wears that like alien the- outfit. The commie suit. Yeah, he was on some. Inter- he was a part of some international court with uh, uh, war crimes in Kosovo. So he might, he's probably a, a Clinton uh, apparatchik. Anyways, did you hear about the malaria? I did when you said you had it. 
I hope you're okay. Well, I don't have it. You, no, uh, you I've said never you had have malaria. malaria. I said, what do you have today? You said malaria. You have malaria. I know I said it, I s- but I meant I have a story about malaria. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you know about malaria? I do. I, I, isn't it something, isn't it like a tropical disease? It's bad. It can kill people. I think it, it, I think it does kill something like 300,000 people a year or something. I but mean, you don't a, get it in Canada, numbers. Though, right? It doesn't happen in Canada? No, like, you get it in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, Central America, Northern South America. In fact, when I traveled through those parts of the world, I took malarial prophylactic called larium, which I would never take again. I think I would much rather get malaria because (laughs) the side effects from that were so freaky and weird. Um, However, malaria was pretty much eradicated from North America, and I believe most of the credit it goes toward the use of DDT, a chemical that kills a lot of mosquitoes. And so malaria has pretty much been a non-thing in the United States for a long time until, well, I guess, this week. CDC has issued a warning about the first cases of malaria inside the U.S. in 20 years. Four cases were confirmed in Florida and one in Texas. The CDC says all the patients are recovering and the risk remains extremely low. Malaria symptoms include fever, chills and fatigue. Scientists say as the climate warns, warms, more parts of the country are becoming more hospitable to mosquitoes. Okay, so there's one report. We've got malaria. In the United States. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with DDT. That's because of global warming. Global warming. Here's another one. Health issued a statewide mosquito-borne illness advisory after confirming more cases of malaria. As it stands right now, a total of four cases have been confirmed in Sarasota County. This, I think, was a local Florida report. It truly is very rare because that means that that the mosquitoes in that area had fed on a person that had malaria. And then the virus, I'm sorry, the parasite developed inside the mosquito in order for it to pass it to another human being. State health officials say malaria is spread in Florida through Anopheles mosquitoes that carry the Plasmodium vivax parasite. Only Anopheles mosquitoes can transmit malaria, and they must have been infected through a previous blood meal taken from an infected person. The parasite can then spread to humans through bites from infected mosquitoes. As Sandra Fisher-Granger with the Florida Mosquito Control Association explains, malaria is a relapse fever, meaning it can come and go the parasite stays inside of the body and when it becomes active again that's when you start to have symptoms again and so you may initially experience you know the fever and the chills and that sort of thing and then you may be fine for a while and then it comes back and you go through it again. Common symptoms of malaria include a fever and flu-like illness, including shaking chills, headaches, muscle aches, tiredness, nausea, and vomiting. The DOH says anyone in Sarasota County experiencing these symptoms should seek immediate medical attention. As of right now, the state says aerial and ground mosquito spraying will continue in the infected areas to reduce the risk of further transmission. The fact that the season hasn't started yet, for it to be now, that's kind of a good thing because they get ahead of it before the rains really start coming. Reporting in Sarah. My cousin had uh, 
got malaria when he was in the Peace Corps in Zambia. He didn't. He came home to Florida for Thanksgiving and then was going on a family vacation uh, with some other cousins of mine to Costa Rica. Uh, and when they got to Costa Rica, he went immediately to the hospital in Costa Rica where he spent two months in a coma oh. from the malaria. <laughs> oh, good thing so, he was in Costa Rica. Well, that it's actually true because... <laughs> oh, because they have more treatment for it there. Be, well, right. The doctors were familiar with it and able to, to treat it uh, appropriately. So that actually was... Yeah, I think they were actually feeling very uh, blessed. Oh, well, there's my sarcasm blowing there. up right in my face. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, your joke was just really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, anyways, my point is, malaria is no joke, and it's back in Florida for the first time in 20 years. And I don't know about what happened 20 years ago in 2003, but it hadn't been around for a long time prior to that either, as far as I know. Basically, malaria had been pretty much eradicated from the United States. But do you remember the mosquito management plan that they hatched a few years back? Well, it hatched a while back. Weren't they like releasing was, genetically modified mosquitoes or something like that? Yeah. Do you know who was? Bill Gates. Behind it? Yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates was funding a project to release these genetically modified mosquitoes he still is and it still happens to kill off or to control the populations of the 80s aegypti mosquito which is not this anaphilus mosquito that carries malaria but it's a different mosquito that carries uh, dengue fever and yellow fever and Zika, the whatever that one was, that was for there was a there was a scare for a short period of time, um, and I have a just a flashback of that inside boxes like these on the Florida Keys, a possible key to what scientists hope will slow an invasive and dangerous mosquito species. They're called Aedes aegypti and are known to carry diseases like Zika, Dengue, and Yellow Fever, the females spreading infection with their bites. In the Keys, they make up just about 4% of the mosquito population, but are responsible for virtually all of the mosquito-borne disease transmission uh, to humans. The potential solution starts at Oxitex Lab, where Tiny A... Oxitex Lab is, was the one that was funded by... Bill and Melinda Gates. Eggs are injected with a modified DNA strain, ultimately producing mosquitoes that have what's called a self-limiting gene. Only the male offspring can survive past an early stage. The boys, unlike their female counterparts, do not bite. They run out of females to, to meet with, and that's how you bring the population down. This week, Oxitech began the process of releasing 140,000 male eggs in six locations along the Keys. That is part of a live experiment greenlit by the EPA. Though some environmentalists are crying foul. Genetic engineered organisms are not something that we can control. Evolution will find its own way. This isn't disrupting anything within the environment naturally? 
We haven't seen that, no, and we are targeting the Aedes aegypti that is invasive. The company says similar projects in Brazil led to a 94% reduction of the targeted mosquito population and point out their research is peer-reviewed. Locally, residents buzzing about benefits and risks of unexpected consequences. My gut feeling says it's probably not a good thing. You know, we don't know enough about it. The EPA says they conducted an extensive risk assessment based on the best available science and does not expect the trial to have adverse effects to animals in the environment. Does this represent the potential for greatly reducing the amount of Zika or dengue fever that's prevalent in a community? We hope so. That's why we're doing this. Boy, the debate on this one's crystal clear here. Okay, so we know this is going on in Florida, Sam. Are they planning to bring this project anywhere else in the U.S.? Yeah, that's the game plan, Hoda, and here's the thing, the mosquitoes only travel a few hundred yards, so this is very surgical, but if it works here, it can be exported to other places, not just to Florida, but across the world. This company, Oxitec, has used similar technology in places like Panama, Malaysia, Mexico, Brazil, as we mentioned. Oh, yeah, they tested tested this in minority communities first, Jeremy. (laughs) They definitely went down into other countries where... Where there were, uh, you know, I mean, coincidentally, a lot of brown people, but that's, we weren't going to do that here. That would be irresponsible. Bill Gates. No, it was amazing. And there was another clip that showed when the beginning of this clip where he's talking about these boxes that, that are out there, they, they put these boxes on people's lawns. The people who were, it was an amazing report because it was like people who were willing to participate in the experiment could have these boxes placed in their lawns to let all of these mosquitoes emerge into their neighbor's lawns. Right, exactly. Thank you, neighbor. That didn't sign up for it. <laughs> well, uh, so my favorite, wait, Jeremy, my favorite is that, that there are people out there, no GMOs, no gen- genetically modified uh, mosquitoes. <laughs> but if those mosquitoes want top surgery, <laughs> that is an option. <laughs> yeah, right. Let Anyways. natural evolution take hold. But if, but if they want top surgery, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's their mosquito right. I don't know if there's a connection here or not. Okay. It could just be that there are, with all of the uh, migrants invading the southern border and coming into Florida or Texas, maybe some of them are carrying malaria as they come over here you know what we deserve it we deserve it then jeremy because we eliminated ddt which meant they all got more malaria first we should have it all imported up here so we can live with the consequences of our ridiculous environmentalist policies i would certainly think though that it's plausible to uh you know to to have an undesirable outcome of releasing genetically modified mosquitoes out there that uh who knows i don't know what 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 jeremy do these genetically modified mosquitoes can they transmit malaria like the anopheles mosquito can you're being absolutely paranoid jeremy you're being paranoid that could never happen. And you know what else could never happen, Jeremy? They would never use this technology to control human population. I know all of that, but... <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were worried for a second. 
<laughs> no. You sounded worried. No, that would never happen. And I think that's really what this is about. Uh, it's awfully funny that uh, they had first started releasing these GMO mosquitoes in 2021. When everybody was locked down, by the way, I remember when they were doing it, it was like really under the table. Like there wasn't much news about it going around. I mean, you think this is kind of something that like mosquitoes, like we're going to release all these little tiny insects out there that can carry these diseases. It's like, it's like saying, Hey, you guys in Wisconsin and Connecticut, we've got a solution for your Lyme disease. We're going to release new ticks. We're going to release new ticks into the woods that are going to lead to the destruction of all the deer ticks out there. I'm just still confused because I, I don't understand how, when they look under the microscope, how can they identify the mosquitoes as male or female? How is that possible? Well, there's got to be a way. I don't know. But they're you know, assigning like, the I gender. Can't... That's how they're doing it. They're just assigning oh, right. the gender willy-nilly. <laughs> They have no way of knowing um, what these mosquitoes prefer. I have to say, hearing that there is now uh, malaria in Florida and Texas after the release of this bio-experiment, these genetically modified mosquitoes, is not a surprise to me. You think that there is a direct connection between the mosquitoes and the increase in malaria. Well, it's possible. So I think it's a I I'm I'm not saying it is, but I certainly think it's possible. But isn't the more logical one that it is these immigrants that are coming up from areas where we've banned DDT for years and now malaria is just rampant there and we are getting what we deserve? Perhaps, but if you would allow me to wear some tin foil on my head, I would take it to the step that that creating a mosquito that could transfer uh, malaria would be a great... If I wanted to kill off the population and reintroduce and make malaria endemic in the warmer regions of this country again, wouldn't it be a great idea to release those mosquitoes right at the time when those countries are, or those states are going to get invaded by people who might be carrying malaria? You know, take that tinfoil hat off, Jeremy, because I think you're probably onto something. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> like I said. No, Of course they would never use this technique technology in a way that would be to limit human population because that's exactly their you know we've talked about this many times that's their real end game they are looking they're not looking to save people's lives some but they're looking to eliminate billions of people from the planet well and there's a really creepy video of bill gates releasing mosquitoes into this ted talk what? <laughs> I didn't clip it, but I can find it really quickly. Whoa. Um, yeah, because this guy, I mean, he's just a real, real creep. Here it is. For example, there's more money put into baldness drugs than are put into malaria. Now, baldness, is, it's a terrible thing. Uh, <laughs> more, more people uh, are bald than have and malaria. And rich men. What's that? More people are bald than have malaria, so there's more demand. That's true, and it's a and it's a terrible thing. Are afflicted 
Uh, and so that's why that... Did you hear what he said? Wealthy people are afflicted by it. Too. <laughs> well, are afflicted. Yeah. So are poor people. And rich men are afflicted. Uh, and so that's why that uh, priority has been set. But malaria, the, even the million deaths a year caused by malaria greatly understate its impact. Uh, over 200 million people at any one time are suffering from it. Uh, it means that you can't get the economies in these areas going because uh, there's just, it holds things back so much. Now malaria is, of course, transmitted by mosquitoes. So he just turned to this little container he has on the table. He's in the, he's a, this is a TED Talk. So as he's talking now, he pivots and he's, he's, the camera widens out and he's looking at this container on the table. Now malaria is, of course, transmitted by mosquitoes. Uh, I brought some here so you could uh, experience this. We'll let, let those roam around the... Uh... So he opens up the container and lets out the mosquitoes. And everyone just laughs. And people are laughing like, oh, funny Bill Gates, that he's such a kidder. Auditorium a little bit. There. There's no reason only poor people should have, have the experience. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. There's a picture on the screen of a mosquito biting somebody, and he he does go on to say that the, no, these mosquitoes aren't infected with <laughs> malaria. <No>. He, <laughs> he he personally checked each one. Yeah. So, and then he can still, say, "Well, look, I mean, I, we released this on ourselves. Yeah, it's perfectly it's safe." Little, oh, I'm looking at the creepy. image. Of the mosquito with behind him, <laughs> yeah, he's just a little creepy. You know he's what? Actually, they reminds look me of a. Yeah, he, he looks like he kind of reminds me of a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the same kind of eyes. <laughs> That'd be a good film you could make. You know, like The Fly instead of Jeff Goldblum. You could have Bill Gates play the the guy that turns himself into a mosquito. But those he's, mosquitoes. Are he he is like a little mosquito. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for a cashless society? Totally. Um, I mean, not that I want it, but I feel like I'm ready for it. You're probably not. Nobody is. The well, I feel like I'm more ready than some people. Uh, in the in London. In Cambridge, which is about 50 miles north of London, actually. So it's not, it's in England, it's not in London. Um, Pierce Corbin. Pierce Corbin is, he's an interesting character. Uh, he's, uh, this is from producer GPT. And I recorded myself typing the questions to earlier. This, this was not live. So, uh, Pierce Corbin is a British weather forecaster, climate change skeptic, and political activist. He gained prominence as a controversial figure due to his skepticism towards mainstream climate science. 
and his outspoken views on climate change. So you know he's a bad guy. He's due to his skepticism. He's controversial due to his skepticism of mainstream science. This is ChatGPT the trashing this guy. Pierce Corbyn is the older brother of Jeremy Corbyn, the former leader of the UK Labour Party, who was like became widely known as a raging anti-Semite. Uh, however, it's important to note that Pierce Corbyn's views on climate change differ significantly from those of his brother. His views are considered fringe within the scientific community, as the overwhelming majority of climate scientists agree that human activity particularly the burning of fossil fuels, are the primary driver of global warming. It's worth noting that Pierce Corbin has faced criticism for his lack of scientific credentials and his rejection of mainstream scientific findings. So ChatGPT trashed him. That actually really made me like him. Everything, everything they just said there made me like him. Uh, but this was not about whether he, he, the guy has got his head on in the right, uh, in the right direction on a bunch of issues. Apparently here he is in an Aldi in Cambridge and, uh, he's upset because, and rightfully so he's protesting because he can't use cash to buy strawberries. Okay. We're here today from let the UK live, let London live and a whole lot of other groups in Aldi shop and go Greenwich where they are insisting on nobody. Nobody can buy anything here unless they got, download an app and join a digital currency regime. So they have to download an app. He was sort of t- talking away from the camera there. I wanted to make sure people hear it. He, he says, you have to download an app and use digital currency. You cannot use cash. I've attempted to buy some strawberries and he will not accept cash. These places must be closed down because if we don't close them down, they'll come all over England and UK and the world, and then we will not be able to have our freedom with cash. Keep Keep cash, keep cash, keep cash, and resist, defy, do not comply. Now that sounds like the old left. (laughs) That guy's protesting like he's an old leftist. Oh, yeah. Like an old hippie. Sounds like. Uh, but that's over in England. That could never happen here, right? Yeah, I don't think so. No, definitely not. Here is News Nation. News Nation is formerly Tribune WGN. Uh, they were bought out and rebranded. What are you buying out? I guess you're buying out their station licensing. That. Yeah. You might, when did that happen? Um, I don't know. I don't have the date on it. Uh, but if you don't keep their name, what are you buying? They didn't keep like Tribune Tower is now condominiums. The the maybe you're buying. I think you must be buying the licensing, the station licensing, because they rolled up a ton of stations. That's what they are. That's what News Nation is. At any rate, they have a story on. Reverse ATMs. Have you heard of reverse ATMs? Not since the beginning of today's show. So you've actually, without knowing it, you've used a reverse ATM. If you've ever been to an arcade, have you ever taken your kids to an arcade? Not a chance. 
but I think I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> oh man, you would know, that be a machine? In some ways, in some ways I think your children are very lucky. You? But I, you know, I wonder if they wouldn't. What would happen to them if they went to an arcade and played skee ball? What would happen if they played skee ball, Jeremy? Is the we're devil in skee ball? Is what's going on? We're gonna, we're gonna have to wait until they're well over the legal age. <laughs> To find out <laughs> ski ball okay because we are not going to any arcades so uh if any of those corrupted souls out there who have taken their their children to a an arcade you have probably used one of these devices where you have to you put cash in and it gives you a card and then you can use that card at all of the different games that's what this that's essentially what this is but now it's everywhere you know cash is really still king but reverse atms are definitely the way of the future as more businesses look for ways to go cashless here at madison square garden in midtown manhattan they already have machines inside the arena that can actually convert your cash into a debit card here now here you can see exactly how it works you load money into a kiosk like you see here and within seconds you can get a receipt confirming your conversion and a prepaid active card many of the prepaid cards are either mastercard or visa and you can use them anywhere where those cards are accepted some kiosks may actually charge you a five dollar fee uh, for the card oh that's fantastic a five dollar <laughs> convenience fee to be able to use your cash so it's like you can still use wow. cash but you can't use cash this is how they're going to capture everybody's cash there's one of the ways they're going to eat it's your one cash of the ways, yeah yeah that's nice and then they uh, go on to make this point. The FDIC says up to 5% of U.S. households or 6 million Americans are considered unbanked. That means they don't have either a checking or savings account. They prefer to deal in strictly cash. So, yeah, guys, it's relatively new. Uh, but here in New York City and other places around the country, this is the way of the future. Yeah, you know who else was unbanked? Laura Loomer. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, and so that that is it isn't just and truth bait. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we had trouble getting an account. Well, we weren't even unbanked. What what were we? We were just we were non-banked, non-banked. We're banked now, but uh, we are we were non-banked. It took a while. It took an inordinate amount of time for us to get an account, and we suspected that it's possible that uh, somebody was listening to the podcast, <laughs> checked us out to see what, what what kind of a business account it would be and decided they didn't want to have anything to do with the truth. They only wanted the bait. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's... So you have, you know, uh, a section of people probably uh, heavily represented by minorities who choose not to use banks. They don't trust the banks. They can't afford the fees... So they don't have it in banks. Um, and then you have political people who run afoul of the elite. Laura Loomer got debanked because, or unbanked, because she was uh, making videos uh, uh, protesting against uh, Twitter founder Jack. She was going to his house because... He had deplatformed her from Twitter. 
And so she was making videos. I think she chained herself to his fence once. And then JP Morgan debanked her. They de-risked. They were de-risking. Yep. But businesses love it. Business owners say they like the kiosk because it helps prevent theft and robberies and it stops the spread of germs that can really be found on a lot of money that's downright dirty. Yeah, you know, employers have been complaining for decades and decades about how awful money is mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the germs. What about all the employers that like cash? I read, I used to work at a business that wouldn't even put a credit card machine into the place. Oh, so they have something to hide. What do you think the 80,000 IRS agents are for, Jeremy? That's right. That's what they're for. Yep. Uh, to lighten the mood, <laughs> did you see there is a Home Depot parody. It's not. I, I this was billed. Somebody put this up. It was it was going viral on the socials of what appears to be a Home Depot employee in uh, in Portland. I don't know if it is an actual uh, Home Depot employee. I went looking. I tried to find more information. I couldn't find any more information. It could very easily be a comedian dressed up in a. Uh, in an outfit that you would be wearing with with the Home Depot apron on. Uh, but he made this very funny video. Sad, but funny. This plywood here, as you can see, we're almost completely sold out of it because a lot of small business owners have to purchase this when their businesses get vandalized. These sticks right here, very popular for Portland protests. These earplugs here are very popular among Portland residents. Perfect for anyone that doesn't want to hear banging, drilling, or... The truth. This caution tape Wait, right here step- is actually on, for anyone that doesn't want to hear banging, drilling, or the truth. This caution tape right here is actually very important because the police in the area have actually run out of crime tape. If you're looking for a brick to throw through the window of a small business, uh, that's going to be in home and gardening in aisle four. This hose right here is actually perfect and a lot of criminals use these to siphon gas out of people's cars. This propane is perfect for cooking. You can go potatoes, hot dogs, obviously fentanyl. If you're looking for spray paint for vandalism, uh, aisle nine. I, you know, that's truth and advertising right there. It wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if he actually is a Home Depot employee, just like fed up watching people come in for these reasons, knowing this is exactly right. what it is. You, you really do have an eye uh, on the social decay right there in Home Depot. Right. Uh, and then I have, the last thing I have is a uh, a clip from Prime Minister Modi you, we heard him earlier in the podcast uh, with uh, Biden at the White House. This is him speaking to a joint session of Congress. Thank you for inviting me to speak in your American Congress. I came here to give you a very important message. President Trump is going to win the election, and he's going to put all your corrupt in jail. He's about to whoop some deep state up in here. Anyway, thank you for having me in your American Congress. Have a nice day. (laughs) 
And that is another episode of the Truth Bait Podcast. Episode 37? It's hard to believe we're 37. But yes. Nobody sent me the secret word, even the people that complained about not having a secret <laughs> word. Ecto milk. It's because nobody wanted the ecto milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lifetime supply of the ecto milk. I guess milk. we have to have a better prize. Oh, I don't know. I like that, though. <laughs> I like the ecto milk. I, I mean, but which is worse, ecto milk or plezzy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plezzy's pretty bad. You have to, which do you wash the other one down with? <laughs> <laughs> to get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I see, like, you just keep like, going oh, back and I just, forth. just drank that Acto milk. Give me that Plezzy to rinse out my mouth. Uh, oh, I just drank that Plezzy. Give me that Acto milk <laughs> to get the Plezzy out of my mouth. Uh, you just find you on the floor next to both bottles. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you to all of our producers, to our listeners. To American culture for not letting us down for another week, providing us with an abundance of content. I even bounced content. I have a whole segment we didn't do. But we're getting out. Thank you, Mr. Marcus. You are welcome. Your insights have been valuable to me. I hope we didn't fight too much today. I felt like we were like... uh, like I don't want to say I don't, know, I don't know I don't know how to frame it like we were um, uh, you know on two different frequencies sometimes I don't know was I dropping the ball there Jeremy I don't think so I don't know we don't, I think if you read some of the comments of our reviews they say we we mesh well together but sometimes <laughs> we don't agree on everything which keeps it interesting <laughs> All right. Well, then today was very interesting, I think. I'm going to loop it again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let's see how it goes with... uh, I did this with the opening. Let's see if it's... Hold on. Much better. Much better. I like it. When you play this now, do you chair dance? I love this tune. Do you I, chair dance to it though? Uh, not I during do, the show. I, I, I do it when I'm when I, I'm queuing up everything. I do <laughs> groove to these to the two tracks. See, right now I'm like my head is bobbing with the nice. with the beat. Nice. All right. Well. For everybody out there who likes this track, you can hear it every single Tuesday and Friday without fail. To the best of our ability. And now, I want you all to stay baited. But it's back into the sea of clickbait with us all. <laughs>